Hi everyone and welcome to the DevMar Debugged podcast, where experts from top companies all over the world share their insights on everything developer marketing. Today, we're speaking to Kachi Agency, our sponsor, about the topic of standing out from the crowd. So, before we get into the episode, here's a quick word from them. Building a successful developer marketing strategy doesn't happen in a bubble. For over 12 years, the experts at Catchy have helped technology companies build, grow, and manage developer marketing programs. We can help you figure out what to do based on market research and audience intelligence, then bring that vision to life. Whether you're building a developer marketing program from scratch or adjusting an existing strategy, Catchy can help you do what it takes to reach your goals. Don't be a stranger. Get in touch with us at catchyagency.com. Today, we're joined by Cam Agnew, Creative Director of Kachi, and Kathy Jurek, Associate Director of Content from Kachi. So, hi, Cam. Hi, Kathy. And thanks for joining me today. Hi. Thanks for having us. Yeah, so excited. Thanks for having us. Yeah, no, great. Uh, it's great to have you. And uh, so today, we are talking about swimming past the sea of sameness, which is a great title. Or, you know, standing out from the crowd in what feels like, you know, jam-packed market. But before we go into that, uh, could you tell our listeners a little bit about yourself and Kachi and what you do? Kathy, do you want to go first? <laughs> uh, yeah, sure. I'm happy to go first. No pressure. Um, hi, I'm Kathy Jurek. I'm the Associate um, Director of Content here at Kachi, uh, which is a developer marketing agency based in Seattle. Um, I've been a B2B marketer for the past nine years with experience working both at creative agencies and in-house tech companies. Um, I've worked across some really technical industries, um, including robotics and IT security, developer tools. And I've also been involved in a lot of different areas of marketing, just more generally, including like PR and social. But for the most part, I've been the lead copywriter and editor on projects, marketing projects that are focused on a developer audience. Yeah, uh, thanks, Kathy. I'm Cam. I'm the creative director at Catchy. Uh, my background is in design. I've been a designer for the past decade or so, and a huge passion for building creative teams and visual storytelling. Uh, I've been working in the B2B tech space for about the last four years, and uh, my primary responsibility at Catchy is bringing brand experiences to life, web experiences, anything sort of visual, uh, leading our design teams. Yeah, no, that sounds amazing. And it kind of leads us into the topic of today. So um, I can ask you, what is the sea of sameness? How would you uh, describe that? What does it mean? On the visual side of things, the sea of sameness kind of describes how the design landscape has become very one note. Brands have muted colors, pastel gradients, flat cartoonish illustrations, minimalist logos and really uninteresting typefaces. If you want to know what I'm talking about, just look up corporate illustrations on Google Images. Mm. Everyone seems to be using the same visual systems to create this sort of modern looking brand, which makes it really difficult to distinguish between them. It was useful at a time and kind of necessary for design to kind of shift in this direction for utility when we started using smaller and smaller displays, mobile browsers and apps. But We're kind of left with this status quo, which is just frankly boring. Um, So our challenge is kind of how do we break through this monotony to create compelling and engaging brand experiences? So on the visual side of things, that's kind of where the sea of sameness shows up. Very interesting. 
Yeah. And on the on the copy side, I feel like the sea of sameness um, is sort of the same messaging over and over from a lot of B2B tech companies. You know, it's faster, it's better, it's cheaper. Um, the similar sort of jargon using these, this type of jargon feels safe and easy. So people tend to default to it. Um, and even you can notice um, like sort of the same structure and headlines, which of course, as a copywriter, we've all done it, you know, maybe something that's like fast period, you know, good period, cheap period. And everyone's like, ooh, that looks great. But it's sort of after you see so many websites and so many, you know, pieces of marketing material, so many social posts, you're like, everyone's sort of saying the same thing. Um, there's so, there's a significant lack of sort of differentiation and a, like an actual like connection to industry problems or what's actually going on in the industry today. Sort of just like falling back on this jargon and falling back on, you know, the idea of like, it's faster than the way you're doing it. It's better in, in some small way. Um, that's sort of help, not helping companies like stand out from the crowd and thinking about like what their customer actually wants to know versus like falling back on the messaging that everybody in their industry is already using. Yeah. And is this something that you start noticing a trend of and then it seems like everyone's copying it, you think? It starts somewhere and then, you know, both visually and in content, it seems like everyone is following it then. Yeah, completely. And I, I think if you like it's because as I said like it feels almost like safe for people like they're like oh we know that audience is like this like we know they like Google or Amazon or you know another big tech company AWS um, so we're just going to fall back on that because we know that you know it's not going to make any kind of significant wave it's going to kind of establish us and give us like a baseline in the industry as someone who's trustworthy um, they're not kind of out there taking any big risks or, or really um, making like a, a deep connect deeper connection with their audience like a deeper connection with the industry as a whole. So how do you break through that? So how do you um, kind of stand out from this crowd when everyone's kind of copying what they're seeing in a way? Yeah, that's a really great question. I think there's so many different ways to do it. I think, first of all, not being afraid to be a little bit tastefully funny or, you know, kind of, you know, say something that's a little bit outside of the norm or a little bit bolder. Um, there definitely is a place for humor and developer marketing that Cam and I have found with our work that people do really respond to it and they find it really interesting and engaging when a brand raises their hand and like tries to even tries to say something funny tastefully, of course, um, you know, making an inside industry joke or using a meme can actually be really effective and can be a way to stand your brand out. And I have a lot of other ideas on this topic, but I wanted to to hand it back to Cam for a second. Yeah, I think there's a certain fear of taking risks from a visual perspective and not wanting to alienate your audience and make it uncomfortable for them or distracting. Uh, but I think that we've kind of gone a little bit too far into the safety category to where everyone kind of like looks the same. So if everyone has access to kind of like web tools, everyone can make a website these days. It's you know, very accessible uh, to create brand experiences that it never has been before. You know, tools like Canva or other sort of like design software is just readily available. And so I think that there's a fear of not like of standing out um, and just kind of going with what everyone else has done. Um, but that pendulum kind of is starting to swing the other way where we're starting to see a little bit more bold choices in terms of color and typeface and brand experiences that kind of break through that noise. Um, and this is a pattern that, you know, we've seen in design and fashion throughout the years. And it's just kind of like a cycle that continues. And we're kind of reaching the end where everyone's a little bit fed up with yeah. um, how boring everything has gotten. So eventually, 
someone will kind of break through with a new standard and then eventually everyone will copy that and then yeah. uh, on and so forth. So, But I think today brands can start um, not looking at what everyone else is doing, uh, looking outside of the tech industry, looking outside of B2B marketing at what's going on in music, what's going on in fashion, what's going on in film, looking at other areas outside of your direct competitor landscape is incredibly useful. Um, and I think that people tend not to do that just out of that fear of uncomfortability or playing it safe all the time. Right, that's a really good point because you can kind of take inspiration for so many things, can't you? So I know even an nice landscape or I don't know something. I'm I'm not a designer, you know, I'm just uh but I have noticed that as well as you're saying, it feels like everyone has the same type of branding. You go to a website and they go to another and even even the website itself seems very, very similar and so I completely understand and it feels like there's a need for that spark of innovation to kind of start before it, it kind of snowballs into another cycle. But so if we talk about now uh developers and the way developers do their research into all this, you know, they they start it's fair to say that they do quite a lot of it and they're thorough with it, but then if they're faced with all this sameness, if they're faced with all this um, kind of, you know, copy and uh, design being the same, how would you say, what would you say that developers are looking for when they see all that? And what what can you kind of do to stand yourself apart? I think it's important about developers or any tech savvy audience is that they they do their own research. They don't need to be sort of like guided towards a solution. You can have the best marketing campaign, the sleekest website, and mm. uh, the most punchy headlines. But at the end of the day, developers are going to do their own diligence. Uh, so guiding that process and making that research process as accessible and as easy as possible without being distracting is good. Um, but from a brand perspective, being able to di differentiate yourself from uh, product A to product B, they're going to be looking at you, but they're also going to be looking at five or six other people. So being able to stand out in that way, that is visually interesting, but also providing an experience that doesn't prevent them from conducting their own research, getting the information, asking the questions, uh, interacting on forums with other developers and community members, getting the answers that they need to make decisions, whether they're not whether or not they're going to use your product or uh, start to integrate your software in some capacity. And is that the same in terms of um, content? I guess that applies in all kind of fields, isn't it? You have content, you have design. Is there any tips you can sort of provide that would um, make that content visible um, and different from competitors? Yeah, definitely. Just thinking about this um, through the lens of content, I think a lot of developers are seeking like a more authentic connection. Um, I know thought thought leadership, quote unquote, has been um, kind of a big sort of buzzy word for at least the last decade. But I think there is definitely a place for something like thought leadership in, um, in companies' uh, marketing approach in terms of like who at your company might have something interesting to say that developers would want to hear from. Like, who is someone that other employees listen to or go to for advice? Who can talk to your product in like a very natural, like conversational way to sort of take that marketing sheen off of it? Um, because I think at the end of the day, like everybody is just talking to each other and saying like, what do you like to use? Like, what has helped make your everyday life easier? And just having someone out there who is like a representative of your company on social media, whether that's like LinkedIn or Twitter, 
or wherever your audience is hanging out to be authentically saying like, hey, this is what I'm thinking about our industry, not even related to the product, not even thinking about marketing or promoting anything. Hey, this is what I'm thinking about what's happening in the industry. Or like, I went to this event. This is what I liked and didn't like. Here's my insight. And then just kind of like naturally that person becoming um, more of a leader in their industry and thinking about them as like a representative. And then, you know, people are going to naturally kind of think about where they're working and what they're doing, what they're interested in, and sort of like there's more of an opportunity for organic growth there instead of, you know, the usual like content marketing, like four top ways to improve your IT security. Um, At this point, we've all we've all read that. Um, it feels a little bit more authentic when it's coming from an actual human being with like actual insight, especially into something that's current and topical and relevant to the audience. Yeah. And people kind of, you know, they tend to empathize with people, not with companies, especially faceless companies. So that makes a lot of sense. And it's less about what you say and where you say it, you know, you're not going to convince a bunch of tech savvy and developer audiences on your website, you need to show up where the developers are actually having these conversations and show up in an authentic way. I think developers are kind of allergic to marketing and being sold to, um, and they like to hear from other developers, uh, which I think is a mistake that a lot of developer marketing programs make is they try to make this stance as being the authority on their own products or being the authority on why developers should use their their products or their software solutions but developers are the authority on whether or not it's going to be a viable solution so hearing from other developers uh so that they can vet it and um ha- instill that confidence is is super crucial showing up where the developers are already interacting with each other in those spaces is um uh, is a huge part of that and do you find that, um, like, say, for example, someone who doesn't have a tech background interacting with developers, even if, you know, you go to them, do you find that it's a lot harder to do if you don't have that technical background or if you don't speak their language? I think at the end of the day, uh, developers are human beings. And uh, in on the marketing side of things, we often get into the habit of dehumanizing our technical audience into personas or behaviors, but these are, these are real people. They're often like very intelligent people. uh, And so being able to like empathize with them in that sort of way and not seeing them as this sort of like other kind of group that is somehow like weird or alien. They're, they're just like us and they, they love community. They love having conversations and talking with people. Um, And so understanding it from that perspective and relating to them as, as other people is you don't necessarily need as technical of a background. Um, You just need to be able to connect with them in a way that feels authentic. And I think that that's like a very shared kind of human experience. No, that is true. And uh, one of the examples you gave at the beginning was uh, humor, wasn't it? Kind of a way of coming across as normal personable, you know, and kind of like um, making it fun a little bit. Do you think there's some risk with that strategy as well, that it can come across as, you know, Oh, let me just use this internet lingo I found. Or if you if you don't kind of um, again speaking that language and understanding what it all means, uh, do you think that developers might think it's a bit uh, disingenuous, perhaps? If you don't understand uh, internet humor and meme culture, you're going to do a terrible job. Um, I think that the developer audience is very literate in internet humor and internet culture. And it's very easy to tell when a brand or a company misses the mark and it 
it's actually quite ugly. Um, it it, it kind of gives the sense that you're trying too hard. So if you're going to make a meme, make a meme, don't make a, like an ad shaped meme. Um, and so <laughs> yeah. I think that the risk there is, is one's own misunderstanding of that internet culture or literacy. So I think humor and memes can be like a really useful tool because developers are chronically online people as are we. Uh, so being able to speak that language is just kind of the nature of like the environment that we live in online. Uh, and so you can't fake it. Uh, I think developers can sniff out inauthenticity very, very quickly. Uh, so in that case, what would you advise to kind of uh, tips to give to our listeners on how to come across as authentic as possible? Talk to your developers. <laughs> Honestly, <laughs> you can read as many ebooks and white papers and reports and BuzzFeed listicles on the best ways to interact and engage with developers. But cutting through all of that noise, talk to actual developers, talk to human beings that are operating in this space daily. They'll give you far more insight than you could by research or secondary research and uh, what other people might be saying. Talk to your developers is always going to be my answer. Yeah, I completely agree. And I think it's also important to like, to remember to sort of to start small and like keep testing. Um, you know, when we say to use humor, we're not saying, you know, maybe immediately take your big funny idea, your big funny meme and like put it on a billboard or, you know, run a $100,000 campaign with it. You could test it in a tweet and see if it performs better than tweets where you didn't use a meme or you didn't use humor um, and sort of like see how your audience is responding to the tone that you're taking and go from there. Yeah, especially so because developers are sort of like, uh, well, as people say, averse to marketing tactics. They kind of seen it all and they uh, can kind of understand what people are trying to do, I suppose. So what would you say would be the most important things when trying to engage with developers uh, via content, for example? Yeah, I think it's really important to have the right educational material in place at the right moment along the um, the customer journey. You know, as someone's just getting started out, they need those use cases, they need code samples, they need really great tutorials. And from a marketing perspective, you need somebody um, at your company who can kind of produce material that's really going to resonate with the with your audience. Um, somebody who has, you know, a lot of experience with this and can make a really great tutorial, who can make really great documentation, who knows those really great use cases. So someone can immediately take your tool and be like, I know exactly how this is going to make my everyday life easier. Um, you don't want someone coming to your documentation and kind of being like, I know what it does, but I don't know how to use it. Um, you need to straight off the bat say like, here's, you know, even just one way where you could write one app and get started, you know, right away today. Mm. Um, yeah, that would, that would be my answer. Along those same lines, having a a good breadth of content and a media mix, uh, videos, tutorials, blog posts. Uh, again, developers do their own research. And so um, having an assortment of content that is related to, to your product is important because if a developer watches a video and it doesn't resonate with them, they're going to look for more information. And if you can guide them by providing that information and that content every step of the way to kind of round out that research experience, it's going to make it much, much easier. Um, a lot of times I see companies, they'll they'll post one YouTube video and be like, yep, we, we checked that box. We provided the content that we need for developers. And maybe that video is a recording of a Zoom call that's an hour and a half long and nobody's going to watch that. But if you can follow that up with 
blog posts and use cases, documentation, and having that full experience so that they never have to leave your your site or your web experience to get everything that they need based on how they conduct their own research. Um, that will be super important. Yeah, no, that that really makes a lot of sense. And uh, I know this is probably a difficult question to answer, but um, how do you decide then what to uh, choose for that? You mentioned, you know, videos and uh, all that. And obviously we can't just do everything, right? So how do you narrow down, I don't know, three, four, five types of content that you think might be appealing to developers? I think that uh, starting off, uh, technical content and documentation are table stakes. If you don't have good documentation, you're not going to get far. You're not going to do well. So I would always recommend starting there. That's the primary source of good information that developers are looking at. And having good demos or good tutorials or insights into how your product works, whether that be in a video or having a developer being the one who's showcasing it is, is super important. And then deciding on which types of content are the most important really depends on what your goals are. Uh, if you're going for more of like a brand awareness play and bringing awareness of your product to the market, you're not going to want to have like super heavily like technical information because that might not be your intended audience. But if you're already kind of established and you're wanting to sort of prove the merit of what your product is, like having very methodical and detailed information through documentation, tutorials, guides, or what have you is what I would kind of recommend. So it really depends on what your goals and having really defined goals for what you want your content to do is it will help you to determine the order of priority because no one wants to read or consume content just for the sake of reading and producing content. You have to have very specific goals. You have to have your audience in mind at all times. And you mentioned um, product demos. Is there uh, any tips perhaps you could give on how to make, you know, demos more appealing? As I know a lot of people, a lot of developer marketers, at least, you know, they, they do want to create demos for the product. Um, yeah, I would, I would kind of go back to what I was saying earlier too about thought leadership is just like thinking about who at your company is making those videos. Um, is that something, is that somebody that you would want your audience to engage with on other platforms like social media? Um, you know, what kind of experience do they have using your product? What kind of things can they highlight as they're going through the demo? Those are all um, important things to keep in mind. All right. No, that sounds really, really good. Thank you. Because it's, it's kind of easy, I think, to uh, get a bit overwhelmed and thinking, okay, you know, I want to make myself, you know, stand out and be different. And But, you know, in the face of everything, what would be the first step to take, I suppose, to kind of stand out? Is it research, the competitors? Is it, what would you um, recommend? Yeah, as a first step, I would, I would say just really deeply knowing your audience. Um, and I know everybody says that, but just having sitting down and having a conversation with someone who's used your tool, used your software, who's in your niche, who's in your industry, seeing what kind of marketing they like and just having a casual conversation and going from there. And then um, what I was saying earlier, too, about testing things out. You know, as I said, you don't have to make something big and splashy. You could just try, you could try something small and see how it hits with your audience. See if they find it authentic, see if they find it relatable and funny, or maybe it doesn't. And then you can go back to the drawing board. But I think it's really important just to try something new, try to see how you can make yourself stand out um, and see what happens. Yeah, I would say to, to be bold um, and have an iterative approach 
to your marketing, uh, continually uh, optimize um, and yeah, try things out. Don't be, don't be afraid. Don't get, uh, let the fear of standing out, get in your way of creating really compelling experiences for developers and start to be a bit more bold in like how your brand is being expressed. And if it doesn't resonate, then try something else. You know, the, the beauty of digital marketing is how quickly we can iterate and you don't have to invest a ton of time and a ton of money into something and hope that you came up with the perfect formula that will convert or whatever your goals are, like be a bit more iterative, be a bit more open to new ideas that not everyone else is doing. Don't always just look at whatever your competitors are doing and copy that exactly um, because then you're just going to fall into the background noise of everyone else who's trying to say the exact same thing, who is trying to present their brand in the exact same way. Yeah, it feels like it's a difficult uh, line to kind of straddle, isn't it? Because I understand people wouldn't want to take risks because what if they break something that was working before? Or um, So yeah, it is a complicated topic, I'd say. So maybe to finalize, is there any experiences you'd like to share from Kachi? Any campaigns, any strategies? One of the things that uh, we did at Kachi within the last year was creating from a brand perspective, from a visual perspective, is creating like a mascot for one of our clients. Uh, mascots have been traditionally used in internet culture for since its beginning. Uh, like Java has a mascot, uh, Reddit has a mascot, GitHub has a mascot, and it's uh, a, des a design tool and a device that has kind of been forgotten in the like the last decade as we've kind of homogenize the design landscape. So we started to bring some of that thinking back and it really started to resonate with developers as not only like nostalgic for like earlier eras of the internet, but also like what is a mascot's function is a sort of visual rallying point uh, for a community and is a, a symbol that a developer can associate as this mascot is for me as a part of this community. Uh, and we found that it it was it was really successful. So not reinventing the wheel, but going back to kind of like what worked in the past and um, taking lessons like from our history and bringing that into 2023 uh, was was a really interesting and unique approach that um, we started to kind of like reintroduce in some of these visual storytelling pieces. Um, so that was a recent experience with Catchy. Uh, for one of our clients that we found really successful for helping to bring an identity around a developer community was the use of a mascot. And it was a super fun project to work on. Um, our designer, Gabrielle, did a fantastic job uh, creating these mascots and um, the the client was really pleased with the result. Oh, no, that's great. I really like what you said about identity, isn't it? It kind of goes back to you kind of interacting with a company, faceless company, but at the same time, if you can show your face, at least you can show sort of like a representation of the company. So make it a little bit more personal and that there's actually people behind, you know, this corporate facade, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah. Give them something that they can relate to. Yeah. Thank you so much for uh, answering my questions, for your insights and your tips and great speaking to you. Yeah. Thank you so much. This was fantastic. Awesome. Thanks so much. Have a great evening. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of DevMar Debugged. 
If you want to hear more from professionals in the developer marketing world, subscribe to our podcast for more expert talks. See you on the next one.